Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. I'm Naomi. And I'm Cherlyn. And today we have with us Jody Van Drimlin, and she is one of the Worth therapists. And she is here to discuss with us today some self-care topics. So first of all, we just want to say, if you've been enjoying the podcast, to please leave us a rating on whatever application you use to listen to the podcast. That will help other people to find us and share the knowledge with others. So we appreciate your loyalty and we appreciate your ratings. So Jody, today, would you mind kind of giving us a background a little bit about what brought you to Worth? Well, I am a licensed clinical social worker in Arlington, Texas, and how I got to Worth was kind of a backdoor. I originally found the work of Maurice Harker through Life Changing Services through Men Moroni. I contacted him to become a Men Moroni counselor, and after I'd been doing that for a little bit, they contacted me and said, would you like to work with women in betrayal trauma? And it's like, absolutely. And so I began working with Jennifer Johnson way back when. And I have now, this is my fourth year uh, being with betrayal trauma uh, coat, I mean, therapist for them. I run four groups of worth. I run three regular worth and then the worth divorce group also. And so I'm the longest serving therapist right now with worth. I've been there the longest. That's great. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to have you today. And while self-care is always essential and a foundation of life, we're going to kind of talk about it in the terms of coronavirus, this time of difficulty for everybody. So this these times are kind of a, where we're, you know, we have a lot of change and uncertainty. And so it's ever more important to co- co- incorporate self-care and structure into your schedules. So while typical you know, your typical self-care routine may not, may no longer be available with things being shut down or kids home from school or all these, you know, maybe you've lost a job and these kind of things. Um, We really thought it would be a timely and important message to talk about how to preserve our self-care for us during these difficult times. So we're excited to share this with you. And maybe you could start off by telling us about why it is the foundation for life and happiness? Well, self-care, especially in women, we are so busy taking care of everybody around us. You know, we take care of children. We take care of husbands. We take care sometimes of the people in our work. We take care of parents. We take care of neighbors. And sometimes we have jobs even that have us taking care of others through the job. And so the problem is, is that as we look at self-care, most of the time, what women do is they run on fumes. They're not, they don't have anything in their well to give. And so we give it all out to others until we find ourselves sobbing on a bathroom floor and just basically saying, I can't do it all. And the truth is you can't continue to run in a place where you are not going to be able to have anything to give to others. You have to have something in the well to give out. And so because women are not good at doing that, self-care is an important principle for us to learn and to have as a part of our daily life. Yeah, I think I think everybody listening probably can relate to that considering our audience, you know, especially, you know, when we when we think of in in terms of being in betrayal, that that kind of leads to doing a lot more, you know, when we've got husbands who are checked out and a lot more things start to land on our plate that, you know, maybe we in a, in a healthier relationship probably would have more support and help. And then you add Corona on top of it and then you get a lot more of that stress and a lot more added on. Well, during coronavirus, what we have seen, and I'm seeing this in my private practice is that 
We don't have the, the things that used to fill our wells are gone. And specifically, you know, things like going out to lunch with a girlfriend or getting away for a weekend or even just having quiet time in your house. For most, uh, for mothers that have kids, you know, we're used to our children leaving in the morning and being gone for five or six or seven hours a day. And now not only are they in that space and they're also in their own crisis. They're having their own trauma response to this. Their life is shut down. They're not seeing their friends. They're not going to school. They're not being able to go roller skating or going to the movies or going to birthday parties. I mean, the kids are in their own little trauma space. We can't get them out of our space. And the things that we do for self-care are all closed down to us around us also. So it, it gets to be hard. And then on top of that, you may have a spouse who is supportive or not. And if not, then you have all of these things on your plate, especially I saw in September when our mothers, our, our mothers should have had kids going back to school. It's like they've already had a double summer. They had March through May where they had to just all of a sudden become their kid's teacher and running all this electronics and some parents were more equipped for that than others and they were in crisis and they thought okay we'll get to summer and this will be gone and we can go out and we can play and guess what that didn't happen so it's like they had a double double summer and by the time they got to august 1st what was happening with them is they were just counting the days until kids could they would leave and they would have a space and moms could finally come back into that space and be able to take care of them again but then came the announcement of we're not going back to school. Then came the announcement of, and not only that, you're going to also now be homeschooling your kids. And whereas in May, March and April and May, it was kind of like, just get through it. We don't care. We're not teaching anything new. September, this hit, school year hit. And now it's like, no, we're not just going to glide. We need our kids to start learning again. And so the parents, the teachers have spent all summer creating a curriculum for parents to do who aren't teachers. And the other problem is, is that you don't just have one child. You may have four kids on four different devices. So mothers especially are running between here and there and everywhere. And all they do during the school hours is just, they are at the beck and call of one who kid can't find a Zoom room and one kid whose computer is frozen and one kid who's melting down because they can't understand and there's no teacher to ask them. And it is just, if you had kids in the home, you are really in crisis. But also if you're a teacher, you have not had a break. You did not have any break this summer at all. And then there are the parents with that have lost job and finances are tough. And they're worried about that. And they're worried about them being evicted. And while there has been some help, there hasn't been enough help. And now that help is also waning away and jobs are not coming back. So financially, a lot of families are in crisis because of Corona also. So we have the emotional toll and we have the school toll and we have the physical toll and we also have the emotion of the financial toll. And so a lot of families are in major meltdown right now. And let's just be honest, ladies, when mama isn't happy, no one's happy. Happy. And the problem is you have to have a plan in order to make certain that you're okay. One of my favorite analogies is that whenever you fly on an airplane, they have the same speech at the beginning, which is if the oxygen mask should fall from the ceiling, put yours on first and then help those around you. I don't know if you know this, but you have about 30 seconds to do that before the epoxy starts to set in on an airplane. And so what we have though, is a whole lot of mothers running around putting oxygen masks on everybody else. And no, they're not putting any on themselves and they're starting to melt down in major ways. We see depression, we see checking out, we see out of control anger. There's a lot of things happening with uh, women right now because a lot of the burden of how to manage Corona has fallen on their shoulders. And, and then we also have the drama, the trauma of, is this going to affect my family? Yeah, I totally see that in my own life. My husband lost his job, you know, all my kids who had moved away had come back to the home. And so, you know, we didn't have enough bedrooms. So people were, you know, doubling up in beds and this kind of stuff. And so I can totally relate to what you're saying. Do you think that women confuse uh, selflessness with selflessness versus self-care? And if so, could you give us any tips on how to differentiate between those two things? Yeah. If you really think about this for just a moment, when we are good on our self-care, we are able to give out to others around us. But when we are not good on self-care, 
we then start to go into crisis where we can't give to anybody else. And so selfishness is really actually a part of lack of self-care and not vice versa. Uh, I think there are people out there say, oh, it's so selfish for you to, you know, to do that. And it's like, no, I'm putting water in my well. Yeah, I remember I'm introverted and I live with a lot of extroverts. And so they would kind of, you know, give me a hard time about wanting to pull away. And I said, if I, you can let me pull away and be alone without any interruptions, I can come back a better person, you know? So I feel like I totally relate to what you're saying that I didn't always value that either. You know, I just would run on empty. So I totally agree. Until you became the worst version of yourself. Yeah, I was selfish. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a quote that I love by Wendy Ulrich. Wendy is a um, marriage and family therapist in Utah. And she wrote, they have a quote from her in a book called The Power of Stillness. And by the way, I can't recommend the book enough. Uh, but there's a quote in there from her. She said, God doesn't burn out or use up one person to save another. That's just not God's economy. So and this idea that I'm going to lose myself in service is I would say to you, I would want to rethink that because when, if you literally give it all away, then you become this has to be the self-centered person or this broken person that can't help anybody. So when you think about that, that's not how God operates. There's a great story I love um, that is told about Joseph Smith. He was in Nauvoo and he was at that time, they had just, the city was building and a bunch of people walked by an open field to see him playing stickball with a bunch of boys. And they chastised him and they said, what are you doing playing with these boys? You'd think that a prophet of God would have something better to do. And he just basically said to them, brethren, sometimes you need to unstring the bow. Now, I don't know if you know anything about a bow and arrow, but whenever, whenever you string a bow, you bend the bow, a bow and arrow is straight to think at, um, to begin with, then you bend the bow and put the put the string on it, and then it has spring and it can shoot and do uh, what it's intended to do. But if you leave a bow strung and you never unstring it, after a while the wood weakens and breaks. And so we have to give ourselves permission to literally turn off, unstring, and just gather in energy and strength so that we are better tomorrow or the, in the next afternoon or whatever it is to gather and be able to go out and be able to fill the measure of who we're supposed to be as mothers and as wives and as sisters and whatever our, our assignments are. But if we don't do that, we eventually become useless like a, bung, a bow that stays strong. I love that. It, it reminds me. So I, one of our coaches, there's been this meme going around that when, you know, this whole idea of, you know, we've got to do everything. We've got to give, we've got to give, 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 right? And and so there's this meme going around that, that says rivers don't drink their own water. Trees don't eat their own fruit. The sun doesn't shine on itself. The flowers don't spread their fragrance for themselves, you know, and it keeps going along this line. But then, but then I love what she said. And, and so Ashley said, she's like, it, yeah, that's true. However, Rivers have no water to give until they've collected streams along their way. Trees have no fruit to give until they've grown and 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 they're stable. And the light of the sun comes on its own time, not on a timeline to match the will of those it's giving to. Flowers first have to be rooted in a safe place in order to bloom. And so it it might be your time to share everything you have, but it might be your time to find stability and accept help from those who are able to give. And to be able to set boundaries, ensure you're safe, you know, and, and there's different seasons and times in our life and even throughout our day, you know, when we have to really focus in and say, okay, now is my time to unstring my bow, to take care of me, to make sure that I have what I need so that I can give, so that I can be there for others. And I, I love that analogy. And so the really the first principle of self-care is to accept the idea that it's okay to take care of you. You have to accept that idea or you're not going to go any further. You have to stop thinking it's selfish and start realizing that this is how I regenerate. This is how I gather the energy and strength to be able to help those around me. And make no mistake about it, ladies, we are a critical space right now. The world needs us to be 
to be strong and to be able to help those around us. I mean, we can't just shut down and say, I'm not a teacher. I'm not teaching my kids. We can't just say, I can't, I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to cook a meal. You know, we have to, we have to get into the trenches. The work we have to do is way too important. But what I am giving you permission to, and what I would leave with you to consider is the idea of that it's okay to take care of you because that helps you take care of those around you that need you so desperately right now. Yeah, I love that. So if once we accept the fact that we have to take care of ourselves, how do we figure out what we need? Well, that's a great one. First of all, I would say to you that it's one of the acceptance of this idea is to understand that Christ himself took care of himself. So in doing this work, we want to know that we don't, we're not being selfish. We are doing what Christ did. If you look at him, he spent 40 days in the wilderness prior to his ministry. He stepped away from responsibilities when he would often sail away from the crowds on Galilee and go to the other side for a while. He sat with women at the well in Samaria and talked and drank water when he was weary. He took time to rest. He took time to eat with friends. He took time to drink water. He took time to take care of him because he had to keep going on. And maybe the very very most important is that before he did the hardest thing he ever did, which is go to Gethsemane, he actually spent the evening with his very best friends and ate a meal and talked and talked that night. So we accept that idea that as we look at this, it's going to be something that is Christ-like. It is not something that is selfish. It is something that is good. Now, when we start this, we've got to figure out what kind of self-care to do. I'm going to suggest to you that you might want to look up something called the Maslow Hierarchy of Needs. You can Google that triangle, but basically the print, the idea of this is that we, that on the very bottom of that print of that triangle, it starts about if that base is met, then we can go to the next level. And if that level is met, then we can go to the next level. And the very bottom of that pyramid first is about your basic needs. You know, so basically the first need that we have is for food, water, and rest. For this, the ladies that I'm talking to, I will tell you almost invariably, this is where we give up self-care first. We are not getting enough sleep, ladies. And I'm going to tell you, your answer to how to deal with this crisis is not to sleep less. It is actually to figure out first, how am I going to get adequate sleep? And that doesn't mean staying up till two o'clock in the morning. It means that you're going to go to bed at a decent hour. And then the other one is we've got to stop eating like kids. Stop eating the leftover crusts of, of pizza or macro, cold macaroni and cheese or, you know, a half of peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it's there and I don't want to waste it eat like a grown-up. The one thing that I would say too is look at your water intake. You absolutely need to do that. You need food, water, sleep, and exercise. When are you going to get some exercise? Then just start to drink enough water. You will start to feel better if you do just that one thing. And let me just give you a caution. There's going to be a lot of tendency here to want to write a very long list as I start here and want to like say, oh, I need to do this and this and this and this and this and this, and it'll be overwhelming. I don't want you to do that. I want you, you can write them down, but when you get through today, what I'd like you to do is just pick one, just pick one and start with that and get that going really well and then pick the next one. But start at the very basic level of, am I taking care of me physically first? That's where we're going to start. The essentials, how much sleep you should be getting, probably somewhere between seven and nine hours a night. Some of the things, if you're not sleeping well because of stress or worry, some of the things that can help you there is to make certain you're not looking at electronics right before you go to bed. I know that some of us want to go to bed holding our phone and scrolling through Facebook, but that what they are showing is that actually looking at electronics actually stimulates the brain, which keeps you going. Then you go back to say, I'm going to do this first and this and make a list and follow it. And then your brain will start to get the signal. I'm going to sleep. I do these six things. And then I crawl into bed and that will help you too. Sometimes it cooler temperatures, if you want to look at that can be helpful, especially when it's getting to be winter. Uh, a colder bedroom is shown to you sleep better in a colder bedroom. Sometimes a white noise. I sleep with a fan blowing all the time because I like the sound of that. Also, it, it cut off my husband's, it was something to, to focus in on instead of his snoring. And so that happened. But uh, ambient noise in the background, no caffeine after 6 p.m. would be helpful. You can actually track your sleep 
sleep to see if you're sleeping well. I, a lot of us have a, a Fitbit or something like that. I actually use my phone and lay it on the bed next to me and it records how I'm sleeping. How many REM cycles? We need at least three and four are better. But how do you know if you're getting a REM cycle if you're not tracking it? So even just figuring out your sleep patterns, it can be one of the most beneficial things. And by the way, when we don't sleep, body, our, when we don't get good sleep, when we get into REMS, our body does a lot of repair things. It does elimination. It does cell repair. It helps the, the brain to reset. And when we're not sleeping, all those things aren't happening. A lot of times the lack of sleep is also can be hooked to weight gain because the body isn't functioning like it's supposed to function. So you might want to look at all of those things. And when you start to do this, ladies, if you get just enough sleep and enough water, what you're going to start to feel is you might feel like your mind is sharper that your mood is better, that you have healthier and lower blood pressure. It'll help to steady blood sugars. And so you're not always feeling like I need a sweet treat to keep me going. And also it can actually improve your immune system. And right now, ladies, don't we all need that? Because if mama goes down, man, the whole family's in trouble. So sleep and water can be so critical in helping you to be who you need to be. Okay. The next thing you might want to look at is the idea of exercise. Now, I am not talking about exercise as body beautiful. We don't care. I mean, you might get tight, tighter buns or abs of steel if you do this, but I'm looking at it from a mental health standpoint, okay? Let me tell you why exercise is so important. Whenever we exercise, our body starts to create these incredible things called endorphins. That is a signal for the body to start kicking out serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. And think of it like a bathtub where you're just going to turn on the drain. It's going to start to drip, 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 drip. If you will exercise for 45 minutes, you will have accumulated enough of that in your bloodstream, enough of those chemicals that you're going to get about a two to three hour halo where you feel really good and focused and controlled. Now, I say that, especially for you moms who are working with kids at home. If you're going to have a, you're going to have a morning and every morning you're going to have to do school with your children and it is just a beat down. Can I tell you how important it might be for you to get up and go for a walk for about an hour before you start? So those mood regulating, happy drugs, focused and control things are rocking and rolling through you all morning long. And then maybe everybody goes for a walk at lunch because the kids will have been burned out and we're going to eat lunch and walk around the block and get everybody's endorphins going good. And then we have a calmer afternoon. And so we can use it proactively, exercise as a way to be able to, to regulate our moods. There are some other things that will also kick the endorphins. If you eat something spicy, if the smell of lavender or vanilla can also kick endorphins, getting a massage, meditating, laughing, listening to music, sitting in the sunshine, all of those things kick endorphins. And so as we look at this, we can actually start to put good things into our lives that help us emotionally because it's kicking out, the chemicals are kicking out these incredible things. So I would say to you some of these things. So for instance, if you're home and you are having a rough morning or the family's really melting down or you're melting down, turn on a lavender candle. Or one of my favorite ones is I love the lotions from Bath and Body. They have lavender ones, they have citrus ones, they have vanilla ones, whatever, go and smell and find something that's great. I personally love, there's one I just got, it's called Peaceful that I just love, but you put it on your hands and then just rub it until it gets warm and then put it up by your face and start to smell it. That smell can start you to feel calm and in control again. Or if you are a diffuser lady, turn on your diffuser in the school where your kids are working or get some Glade plugins. I don't care. But smell is one of our most powerful self-soothers. So smell, um, if you ever eat a tangerine, don't ever just eat it, eat it, peel it, and then take the peel between your hands and rub it really hard. And so you're getting all the oil out of it and then smell that and take, close your eyes and just give yourself a five minute smell break. To get those smells going through your body is just an incredible thing that you can do, and it takes five minutes. So it's important for us to kind of start to recognize what can calm us and make lists of those things. I love that. I, I find myself, you know, recognizing that, you know, like you were talking about exercise, you know, that's something that I've incorporated into my life, you know, kind of partway through my beginning my 
recovery journey even, and has made a huge difference in my ability to handle the stresses. And so with my kids, I'm one of those parents that I've got three kids right now sitting in my living room doing online school. And yet yet I'm like, you know what, today is my running day. So y'all can sit there with your teachers and I'm going to go run because for me, that's what I need to be able to you know, this, it's part of my routine is, is my workout in the morning. I don't always run, but Friday's my running day, you know? And so I, and so I go outside, I get out of my house, you know, and even though it was raining today, I'm like, I, I don't care. I'm putting my raincoat on and I am running. <laughs> and, and do you notice when you get back, how different you feel than when you started emotionally? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because every morning, every morning I get up and I'm going to work out. I just don't want to, I don't want to work out. That's not, that is not, but I never regret it when I'm done. When I'm done, I feel so relaxed. I feel like, I, I feel like my brain is, is on. I feel like it's turned on. It's ready to do, cause I'm in school too. Right. So I've got to do my homework along with my kids doing their homework, you know? And so I feel like my brain is turned on and I'm ready to focus in on what I need to focus in on because otherwise, and it's the one thing that we usually steal from first. Yeah. because Otherwise I'm scattered. I'm everywhere. If I don't work out, I notice that I am less focused. I'm not, I'm not able to stay on task. And so just that one simple routine in my day. And sometimes it's 30 minutes and sometimes it's an hour and a half and sometimes it's an hour, but I, I make sure that, you know, I'm at least getting 30 minutes a day to be able to, to get myself on and my brain active and moving and being able to ready to function. And so it does make a huge difference just in my experience. And, and, and not only that, but going to sleep, like you talked about as well, you know, I've, I've had times where, you know, like you said, I'm up until one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to be sad in the morning, you know? And then when I go at 10 o'clock, you know, I'm like, okay, going to get in bed, be in bed by 10 o'clock asleep, hopefully by 11, you know, or sooner. But if I'm getting to sleep before that, then I also feel much, much more rested. So that decent hour of sleep makes a huge difference in how long I sleep, especially if I've got a kid that wakes me up in the middle of the night, you know, which happens still, you know, but yeah. So, so those basic needs are so important. Charlyn, do you, have you experienced any of that as well in your self-care routines? I think uh, for me, I've kind of taken on meditation you know, I feel like it's been fun because I am able to do it while I'm walking, you know, like a walking meditation. So I'm kind of doing s- several things at once, but, and I take my dog with me sometimes. So it's, that's kind of the, the thing that I've been doing that I've been really, it's been really helping me. So, but I, I feel like when I was younger, I used to think, okay, I have a lot to do. I will cut corners by, you know, not sleeping or not getting water. And it really hurt me, I wasn't, you know, I didn't put that mask on. And so in 30 seconds, I was, you know, in a bad situation. So the basics are really what, you know, uh, she's talking about is really the foundation for happy and productive life. If you have a daughter between the ages of 12 and 18, who is navigating this porn field world, and you want to help arm her with some healthy tools that will give her confidence, to be true to herself and empower her to make healthy choices as she navigates her teenage years, Teen Worth is the place for her. My name is Hallie Roderick and I'm a certified life coach and I love creating a safe space for teenage girls to connect with each other while learning valuable things about themselves. Your daughter will learn to love herself just the way she is and get clarity on her identity as a daughter of God. She will learn tools that will help her connect to God and trust her intuition. We help her to focus on her strengths and have self-compassion as she learns and grows through the challenging teenage years. We teach her about what her rights are as a daughter of God and introduce her to what healthy boundaries look like so that she can live in an environment where she can thrive. Teen Worth can be that healthy support team for your teenage daughter that is so vital in life. You can find more information in our Teen Worth coaching class on our website at healingwithworth.org under the More tab or feel free to email us at worth at lifechangingservices.org for more information. Right. The first thing we steal is our own 
personal, those yeah, basic yeah. things is where we almost always still first. Now, in this time of Corona, the biggest challenge I think one of us we face is that as you move up the scale of the Maslow's triangle, the next level is a psychological need. And that need for connection and belonging is a little tricky in Corona. But, you know, we have things like Zoom and FaceTime and we can call on the phone and we may not be able to hug each other physically, but we can hug each other emotionally by calling and just saying, how are you? And one of the things that I have discovered is that as I have made an effort to call my friends, man, when we got on the phone, we hardly can get off because we are so desperate for that connection. And we can take 15 minutes, 20 minutes and call a friend and say, I've got 15 minutes, but I just want to know how are you doing? And, and tell me about you and let me get out of my own world for a minute and love you and tell you you're wonderful. And then usually they do that right back for me too. And so that emotional connection can be really important for us. We can do that in lots of ways. I know as a single adult right now, there's nobody in my home. And so I have really had to work at this connection of belonging. And I have attended a lot of virtual meetings, a lot of Zoom meetings in order to be able to connect. We had a, with my kids, a movie night where I said, okay, we're going to get on Zoom and I'm going to say play and everybody hits the play button. We all had Netflix. So we picked a movie and did that. I sent them popcorn and we watched each other watch the movie. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was really fun. And there are online games you can play with friends. There are ways to connect that. You have to start to be creative. And by the way, ladies, I am absolutely positive, although I am not looked, that if you get on Pinterest, there is virtual activities that you can do, kids can do, you can do, ideas, how you can connect. If you're going to play chess with somebody, I bet there's a chess room somewhere you can go play chess. I'm just saying that there are lots and lots of ways that we're going to have to be a little more creative, but we need that connection. And especially sometimes when you're living with a man who has, you're living with betrayal trauma, you don't feel real connected. Yeah, I wanted to, wanted to throw in there that one of the blessings of coronavirus has been because we've all been in the same boat. Like when my husband lost his job and finances are tight, we got a lot of support, you know, where other people are like, Hey, we're out of work too, you know? And so uh, that's one, I think one of the blessings have been of coronavirus is that everybody's kind of struggling. And so when you say you're struggling, people re really relate and, you know, and that's been different because sometimes you talk to somebody and they're not struggling, then it makes you feel guilty. You know? They're lying. <laughs> Honey, there isn't anybody who isn't struggling. You know, I, even in my office, when people come in and I know they come because they have a problem, I'll say, how are you doing? They go, I'm not doing too bad. And I went, then why are you here? And they go, oh, because I really am. And I said, okay, let's get past the thing, what we want to be true. And let's get to what is real. Right. And so everybody there's, well, we got real yeah, I'm about ready to just blow a cork. I am so tired. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, whatever. All of us are in this same ocean of turmoil. There isn't anybody that is okay here, ladies. It's a good time to reach out. Or if you have friends you're worried about or family members, nobody is, I'm going to just say this, no one is truly 100% okay right now. <laughs> and so it's okay to call someone and have that, that real experience with them. The last part of the triangle, the very top part of the triangle is all about self-actualization, self-fulfillment. Now, I'm going to tell a little story on myself. I'm in the middle of writing a book, but do you know that I have not been able to, even though I have had a ton of time, I have not had any time to be able to get to self-actualization or self-fulfillment. This book has been something I've been working on, but I have to spend so much time getting me back together that there's no more energy left for this level. So all of you people who said, I should have everything in my house organized. I should be able to have learned how to speak French by now or whatever goal that you had. And you're feeling guilty because I haven't done a darn thing. I haven't gotten any better. It's actually, I'm just barely holding on. Can I say to you that self-actualization, self-fulfillment, just be okay with that right now. You do not have to be learning and growing in this. You have to be trying to do this well, this Corona thing. And that's going to be taking care of yourself, those lower levels and up into the connection. And if you get anything done past that, you are a rock star. 
but will, will you please know that most of us are just trying to get through this? And if that's where you are, don't feel guilty about the fact that I could have cleaned my whole entire house. I've had all this time, but yet I have sat and done a lot of self-soothing and a lot of connection and a lot of writing in my journal because the most important thing I have to do is just get myself solidly planted and stable in all of this turmoil that we're going around. So, um, so please, that's, that's part of self-care, but it may not be right now during this period and season of your time. Now, if you are great, if you're not though, please don't do that. Oh, I was just going to say, I love how you mentioned that, you know, there are seasons because, because even through this, even through this Corona you know, when it first started, the kids were in school, then we had summer and, and we all were out of school. And, and even though we didn't go about and do stuff, we like, well, I, we had family, we had, we spent a lot of time with family and with cousins and, and that was who we spent our time with, but now it's another new season and we still have Corona. And so while I was able to do things like I, I was able to sew dresses. So, you know, so that was some of my creative activities that I was able to do you know, but now school has started for my children and for me. And that period of time is over. I'm back down to my basics and my psychological needs. You know, I don't have a lot of time for that creative. And so while there was a season for it, I had it. Now I don't have it and that's okay. You know, and now I'm focusing on finding a new routine, right? Getting a new routine, getting a new normal and, and being able to make sure that myself and my children can function in that new normal and still be successful in those endeavors. And then we'll have a time again where we'll have a break and I can, and I can have some creative time, you know, but, but those seasons, I love how you mentioned that because there are seasons, even within this season, you know, even within Corona, we can shift and change and, and, different activities can change in different levels of, of, you know, depending on where you live, you know, how, how open things are to be able to go and do versus other places where they're not as open, you know, so there's going to be shifts and change in seasons and all of this and understanding and accepting that as reality is completely okay to be able to just still move forward and just still meet those basic needs and meet those psychological needs. And there will time a season for that psychological fulfillment. And and I appreciate the fact that you talked about the fact that in different places in the country, different things are available that aren't available other places. Like I know California is still just so locked down. They're not going to church yet. We're here in Texas. We are finally where we can go to church a hundred at a time, which is awesome. As long as we social distance and do all these things, and we can now start having a virtual meeting, but some places can't, aren't doing that either. And so we are kind of sometimes bound by the circumstances around us that we have no control over. And so we have to just kind of adjust to what's available to us to be able to do that. That's just, we have to kind of roll with the flow of what it is where that's around us. The last little principle of self-care that I'd want to share with you ladies is the idea is that self-care requires space in your life. And this is the biggest problem is that you have to find a space for self-care. And that is a little difficult right now. But what I would say to you is that I'm going to read off some, some real big red flags that if you have any of these things going on, that you absolutely, this is no longer a good idea. It's an essential idea. So if you find yourself with lots of anger, like you're not normally an, an angry person, but all of a sudden you are losing it more often than you have ever, like things are irritating you like really quickly. If you have this continued feeling of frustration all the time, if you're feeling resentment, a ton of resentment towards who knows what, but there anything, if resentment is kind of running through your head a lot, if you're feeling overwhelmed or out of control, if you are losing your dignity in stressful situations, like you become this screaming banshee woman, I do not even recognize who I am. Ladies, those are red flags that you're on fire and you have to find a space for self-care. So let me give you an idea. We have to have the idea of the Mary and the Martha in our life, okay? Mary, if you remember, was the one that sat at the feet of Christ and she was doing her spiritual self-care where Martha was always doing the serving part. And remember that when Mary, Martha complained about Mary, Christ basically said she chose the better part. And I say that one more time. 
Choosing your self-care is choosing the better part and then refer and you're refilling up that well and you're able to do it again. So we have to not be so cumbered about that's the words that Christ that they described Martha. She was cumbered about with much serving. In this season, we can feel cumbered about. We can get lost in being cumbered about, but we have to find a space to put it down and say that will wait. And by the way, I don't know about you ladies, but everything will still be there when you come back, right? So we can step out. And one of the things we have to do is we have to plug in ourselves into that spiritual self-care, the physical self-care, the mental self-care, the emotional self-care. We have to find a place to do that. Otherwise, we're just like a phone that there's nothing coming out because nothing's been going in. And if you think about it, when your your phone dies, you stop and you find you immediately find something to plug it into, don't you? Could we ever live without our phones? No. So we stop, we go home, we plug in, we we sometimes don't go till my phone's charged. We give our phones permission to re, recharge, but we don't. So let me give you some ideas about how to find the self-care. I do this principle called dump out the purse, which is where you look, you, t- you take some time to sit our families, they kind of get upset when we don't. How we go about doing that might be the way that we kind of find time for self-care, okay? So I want you first to kind of go through this exercise of making certain that there you can find, you're going to categorize everything out. I will say to you that you cannot put self-care into your world right now if something doesn't go out. There's, it's not a matter of being more efficient, It's not a matter matter of getting more organized to find self-care time. It is going to be painfully taking something out. And by the way, do not look at physical needs. That's not where you take it out, okay? So look at that. So write everything down as it is. Now, I'm going to read you the quote from Elder Oaks. She said this, we should begin by recognizing the reality that just because something is good is not a sufficient reason for doing it. Some, some things are better than good, and there are things that should command priority and attention in our lives. Some uses of individual and family time are better, and others are best. We have to forego, there's that word, that takeout word, we have to forego some good things in order to choose others that are better or best, because that development in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can strengthen our families. Better probably is going to stay most of that, but it's maybe the good that's going to have to go out. Okay. And so how do we get rid of those things? Okay. For instance, some ideas to consider, how can I simplify meals? Okay. Can I delegate some of that responsibility to somebody else? You know, I know that most kids can figure out how to make waffles. Could we have waffles for dinner and have your 10 year olds in charge of them? And the answer might be yes. Okay. Can you consolidate errands and maybe use more online shopping so it doesn't require you to leave and go spend hours? Now, I know some of you ladies are now escaping because you're going shopping and I'm not going to take that away from you. But if we're going to go shopping as a self-care to get out of the house, that's okay. But so we can combine that. But I'm going to say to you, let's make that a pleasant experience if we're going to use that. Okay. And how can I simplify any responsibilities I have outside the home? The one thing that's been happening with Corona that's kind of a bonus is that all of our outside stuff, like I don't have to do that right now because we're not going anywhere. And then so when Corona kind of starts to roll back, am I going to immediately pop all that stuff back into my life? Or am I going to say, you know what? I have learned to live without this and I'm not letting it come back in because I realized how much time I gave to that. Okay. So carefully asking those questions can help for, okay. And then the other thing I'm going to say to you is that when you're choosing your self-care, do self-care that is what you need. And some people have this idea of anything I do will be good. I will say to you, no, hit the bottom level, the basic needs first, and then move up. But get those ones at the bottom. Those are your priority self-cares first and then move up from there, okay? How has stillness and lack of commitment blessed my life during COVID? Because I bet you anything, ladies, if you look at it, there are things and blessings that have come into your life because of COVID. For instance, I know that many families have returned to the family dinner table. More families have played more board games. 
More people have had gone on walks. My neighborhood is full of people walking all the time and they're out waving. You remember how when in the 1950s you walked by and people were on the front porches? I think that I do want that to come back in. That was important to me. And lastly, are there self-care activities that I have adopted during COVID that I want to stay in my plan? Let me tell you one specifically. I have read a book called The Power of Stillness and it is an amazing thing. I have never worked at stillness. I'm not a still person. I'm a very high energy person, but I have actually been working at sitting very still. And I started it by going out on my front porch and sitting for 15 or 20 minutes. Just, I would make myself sit still. I mean, I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but I had to make myself sit still. And I would listen and I would close my eyes and I would watch the world and I'd listen to the birds, especially I do it usually early in the morning. I want to tell you that I've been working at this now for a couple of months. And yesterday, I had an idea that I wanted to go to the Dallas Temple. And the temple's closed. I can't go inside the temple, but the temple grounds are open. And for most of, if your temple is open currently right now, ladies, they're seeing people. They're probably doing at least ceilings or they might be doing endowments. Here in Dallas, they're trying to get all the missionaries endowed that came out in the mission unendowed and then they're going to do all the missionaries that have calls and then they're going to do all the people that want and they're letting people come in that are getting married and then they're going to try to do all those that got that got married and need to get married and get endowed that's the last thing but the temple grounds are open so yesterday i normally go to the temple before covid every thursday and i said there's no reason i can't go to the temple so i i pulled up at my normal six o'clock time into the temple and i parked my car and I sat on the grounds and I sat there for two hours. And I will tell you, the minute I stepped out and put my foot onto the temple ground, it was an amazing feeling because you know what, ladies, those grounds are blessed and dedicated just like the building. And I sat there and I cried and I prayed and I wrote in my journal and I looked at the world and the temple grounds are beautiful anyway. It's just the most beautiful place anyway. And I just had an incredible two hours of stillness with me and God. And actually, in some ways, it might have been better than being in the session because I wasn't distracted by all that I was supposed to try to remember. I just had this moment of stillness for two hours and I walked away from there and I just felt that drip, drip, drip into my soul, into my well for two hours. And it was an amazing experience. And so that is something that has created stillness, has a new thing for me in COVID and it will stay. It will absolutely stay. And maybe you have developed other things that have done that. And please make certain you make a space in your new world if when if and when COVID goes away. We want to do that. Okay. So I I would end I would ask you ladies, is there anything you've added in COVID that you feel like that has been so good for me and I want to keep doing that? Yeah. I so I first of all I I'm with you on the the temple having been closed and not being able to go because that was one of my weekly things that as soon as it as soon as I can, I'm going back there. But something that I have adopted is being out in nature and going on hikes. That has been something well, it's getting cold here again. So <laughs> so that's probably gonna that's probably gonna teeter off a little bit, but that has been a time that has been really sacred because for just being in nature and being able to connect with God in his, in his world, you know, and in the world that was created for us has been a wonderful thing for me. It, it's not the same as sitting on temple grounds, you know, or, or in the celestial room, but there is still a level of spiritual connectedness that, that I achieve in that in that aspect. And so that's been something that I have grown to love and enjoy. And along with that, just, just making time to connect with my family and spending time with my family. So Charlyn, what about you? Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about maybe three things. I loved personally, this helps our family slowed down during coronavirus. A lot of the you know, kids activities and that stuff fell off. And I really found that that created a space for different things. And I can relate to what you said about the dinner table. We finally sat down at the dinner table and they weren't the, you know, the most exquisite meals, but we finally sat down and we started to connect. And the other thing that I really loved 
is uh, because we've been doing home church, we really started having family discussions about, and it's been, those are the things I really want to keep going. And they've blessed our family in so many ways of just, you know, like the physical, the emotional, all that kind of stuff, the spiritual. And it's kind of made family the center of life again. And I don't want to get rid of that. I don't want to make society the center of life. That's my personal, I would like to keep the the family closer. So that's, those are the things I would love to keep from coronavirus. You know, now that you mentioned that, it reminds me because my daughter in the start of middle school, middle school is just a hard time, right? You know, and and at the end of that, you know, once we started this at home school and stuff like that, it was hard. But at the same time, I could see so much improvement mm-hmm. in her, just that that downtime and and there's no pressure to be a certain thing to your to her peers, you know, to be able to appear in a certain way that she's accepted, you know, because she's accepted here all the time. And so I saw a shift after, you know, that first year of middle school and coming home and being home and just the lightness and, you know, and she's a preteen. So there's, there's still going to be those things that, that come out, (laughs) but I have seen an improvement in, in her own mental health and not, and not feeling like she has to measure up to everybody around her. It's, it's given them a break from all of that. And for some kids, not every kid loves going to school. And for some of them, this has been a really welcomed breath of like, I don't have to go right now and face that. I just can focus on academics. So for some kids, it's been really a positive experience in in that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One last bit of advice I would give you ladies is that I would say to you, the most important thing you can do about your self-care is create what I call the emergency five minute list. And that is where you make a list. Literally you sit and you write it down because in those moments you may not remember them. Things that you can do in five minutes, like I can go outside and sit in the sunshine for five minutes. I can pop in my earbuds and listen to something to eat. I can drink a glass of cold water. I can sit outside in stillness. Whatever your five-minute list is, create it so that when life is a little less forgiving, yet you have, you can just take a break and do something for you. And that will tide you over until those spaces you've created for self-care can come to be. So please look at that idea of that five-minute self-care list as an important part of your survival technique for this time. All right. Thank you so much, Jody. We love you and we appreciate thing that you do. Oh, I love the Sisters of Worth. I'll tell you that. They are, I often tell them, I said, you ladies are the most amazing things because you've had every reason to quit and you keep going. And that to me is just a testimony to your faith and your diligence and your wonderfulness. And they are just some of the most amazing women that I have ever worked with. And I feel honored to be a part of this group, this work in these ladies' lives. Thank you. Yeah. They, I love, I love the women of worth and they have been my social connections and, and my, my psychological needs and connections and things have been filled through my worth sisters many times. So yes. So thank you so much for sharing your wonderful insight. And we are so privileged to have you on here and to be a part of our program. So Thank you. And to our listeners, listen to this again and again if you need to. These are some really awesome techniques and ideas to help solidify the idea of self-care. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org to enroll in a therapist-led support group or to check out our blog. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you may listen, or simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode because you are worth it.